Welcome to Operation Flourish, a podcast designed to help you flourish in all aspects of life. Whether you're a Miss America contestant, an athlete, or someone with a growth mindset striving to unlock your full potential, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Kayla Myers, Miss Northeast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Operation Flourish podcast. Yes, you. I am so excited you're here, and I am realizing I am in disbelief. Where did January go? It's already February, y'all. Do you know what that means? It's American Heart Month. I am ecstatic for this month, especially with the Miss America partnership with the American Heart Association. I also wanted to start by saying it is February 1st as I release this episode, but tomorrow is February 2nd. And if you did not know, February 2nd is National Wear Red Day. And that day brings greater attention to heart disease as a leading cause of death for Americans. Not just a leading cause of death, but the number one leading cause of death. So I encourage you, if you happen to be one of my early listeners who got on this February 1st as I release, please wear red. And if you're listening to it at any point in February and find yourself wanting to wear red or happen to be wearing red, please feel free to tag me at hashtag choosehealthmao or at missnortheastin for Indiana on Instagram, wearing your red for American Heart Month. But if you can, rep that red on February 2nd for National Wear Red Day. Done with that pitch, but I want to go back to the fact that heart disease is the leading cause of death for Americans. You ready for a scary statistic? One person dies every 33 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. Not hours, not minutes. Every 33 seconds, one person dies. That is so real and alarming. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for everyone, too. Men, women, people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. It's also the worldwide leading cause of death. Although heart disease affects all people, the American Heart Association also started a national movement called Go Red for Women to end heart disease and stroke in women. So if you see hashtag go red everywhere, now you know. But why focus on women specifically? Here are a few more stats that I think you should know because they were alarming to me and they're statistics we do not talk about enough. Did you know nearly 45% of women ages 20 and up are living with some form of cardiovascular disease? 45%. That's nearly one in two. Less than half of women entering pregnancy in the United States have optimal cardiovascular health. Y'all, this is why our infant and maternal mortality rates are so high, too. These problems go hand in hand and affect women specifically. One more, because they just got me amped up, y'all. Did you know 
Women experience unique life stages, such as pregnancy and menopause, that can put them at an increased risk for cardiovascular disease. Now that's women specifically. But no matter what gender, race, or identity you hold, I truly encourage you to continue listening to this practical episode full of evidence-based strategies, because you all know I'm a science girl, coming from research and the American Heart Association to keep you healthy. Although some of the previous statistics can sound really discouraging, I'm aware, what is incredibly encouraging is heart disease can be preventable. This means you have some level of control and can take action. And let's be real. Most people like to know they have control. So that's excellent news. I know I can be a control freak. I joke about it quite frequently. I'm a control freak trying to relinquish control and control what I can. But the good news is cardiovascular disease is one of those things we can take steps to control. So... How can you prevent heart disease and other related issues? What I love about the American Heart Association is the education they put out. And one of my favorite things they have is called Life's Essential Eight. And these are eight key measures for improving and maintaining cardiovascular health. We know that improved cardiovascular health helps lower the risk for heart disease, stroke, and other major health issues. And again, when I say cardiovascular, that just means our heart. So these eight key components, they comprise two major areas, and these two areas are health behaviors and health factors. So we'll differentiate them, and I want to start covering the health behaviors first. These are all controllable things you can do starting today. So let's dive in. Number one recommendation from the American Heart Association, eat better. Sounds like my hashtag choose health nutrition pillar, doesn't it? How can you eat better? What can you do to improve your heart health and general health outcomes? Well, aim for an overall healthy eating pattern. Notice it's not saying everything you eat, but overall, the majority, I like to say 80-20, 90-10, finding balance that includes whole foods, which means minimal processing. Lots of fruits and vegetables. I live for the fruits and veggies. We can make them so tasty. Lean proteins, which means minimal fat. Nuts, they're a great source of fats, but they're the healthy fats. Seeds, plant-based proteins, lean animal proteins, skinless poultry, fish, seafood, and cooking with non-tropical oils. So that means like olive or even canola oil, rather than maybe butter, which is high in saturated fats. Those are some things we can strive for with nutrition. Some things that we can limit and find moderation in. When I say 80-20, this is maybe the 20% or 90-10, the 10%. We can limit or find moderation in things like sweetened drinks, like the super sugary teas. Let's go to a non-sweetened iced tea. Maybe it's the super sugary sodas or pops since I'm in the Midwest. Maybe try Olipop instead. Alcohol. We can also limit red and processed meats as opposed to the lean meats we discussed earlier that we want more of. 
We can limit refined carbohydrates like added sugars and highly processed grain foods and instead have the whole grain foods I mentioned earlier for carbohydrates. We can minimize full-fat dairy products and instead do skim or 1%. We can minimize highly processed foods and those tropical oils like coconut and palm oils. Now for nutrition, normally I'm not someone who says something is bad. I usually avoid that terminology. So instead I like the terminology, avoid. We know that we should avoid things like trans fat. Trans fat is something that has conclusively showed it is unhealthy for us and causes a lot of issues. And instead we should aim for some of those unsaturated fats. We know that's a healthier type of fat. We also want to avoid partially hydrogenated oils, which can be found in some commercial baked goods and fried foods. And those are all nutrition things. And I don't expect you to change everything nutritionally and eat the diet I just explained. My hope is you can start with one thing. Maybe it's sugary drinks. How can you just minimize that to get it to maybe one or two times a week you have that splurge as opposed to every day or multiple days? And you don't have to do that all at once either. You can do it over time. Start by drinking your 10 a week and go down to nine. Then down to eight, seven, all the way until maybe one or two a week. But don't just get rid of things. Add substitutions that you also enjoy. It's not about restriction. It's about how can we find abundance in the things that make us feel good in the short term, but also help our health in the long term. And that's it for number one. Moving on to number two, be more active. Sounds exactly like my physical activity pillar of hashtag choose health. We know that adults should get two and a half hours of moderate physical activity, which is about 150 minutes per week. And moderate can be like walking, like gardening, some of those slight movements like vacuuming around your house. Or you could get 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity per week, So for instance, if you take a high-intensity interval training class with me at F45, there you go. That's 45 minutes out of your 75 minutes per week. It's also helpful to get some strengthening in there if you can, too. And for those of you who got little kiddos, we know kiddos should have about 60 minutes of exercise or physical activity every day between play or structured activities, and bone-strengthening ones are extra great, like jump roping. Now, when you're thinking about your exercise, it doesn't have to be running or lifting weights or taking an F45 class that might seem scary to you, which by the way, I promise we don't bite. We actually have a lot of fun and scale it back for everyone. But that's enough pitch for F45. I just love my job in the F45 community. Your exercise and physical activity can be anything that feels good for you and is enjoyable for you. For instance, I love rock climbing. I love hiking and taking walks outdoors. Some people, they love gardening. Others love playing frisbee with their kids or riding bikes. The options are endless. At Ball State, we actually even have a Quidditch team, like from Harry Potter, y'all. And they have so much fun. Again, the options are endless to get you more active. Number three. Quitting tobacco. Sounds like avoiding risky behaviors from hashtag choose health. Quitting tobacco and seizing slowly if we are already using tobacco can be very important. 
We know that using any inhaled nicotine delivery products is highly dangerous and is the leading cause of preventable death in the U.S., which is up to about a third of the deaths from heart disease. Wow! And that's just not the regular cigarettes you think about. It's also e-cigarettes and vaping. All of it is harmful. There are so many chemicals and the nicotine itself that can do harm to your body. And even worse, it's not just you. About a third, one third of U.S. children from the age of three years old up to 11 years old are exposed to secondhand smoke or vaping. And we know that is incredibly harmful for others. So what do we do if we want to stop using nicotine, but it's just so hard? All of us have either experienced or had that friend who says, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. And they fail to quit. And it's a hard thing to quit. I acknowledge that, especially coming from a clinical mental health background. It's challenging. And one of the first steps is just developing a strong enough why and motivation to change. And some of that can start with education. So I want to drop a few bits of education. Within one year after quitting, your risk of heart disease goes down by 50%. Wow. As I said, smoking is the most preventable cause of death in the United States, meaning you have full control. We don't have full control of many things in our life, but we have full control over this. Smoking is linked to about one-third of all deaths from heart disease, as I mentioned, and also 90% of lung cancers. That's almost all of them. Smoking is so damaging to your circulatory system, and it increases your risk for so many diseases, not just heart disease. And if the disease stats don't mean much to you, think about not only the disease, but how that disease affects your work, your relationships, how you feel every day if you were to develop them. That's a strong why. Maybe the why is to be around for your kids and be healthy with them. That's the education we need. Once you've developed a why and a motivation to change, which you can also seek out help for, we encourage you set a plan to quit. Start by setting a quit date within the next seven days. Urgency is key. Even if you don't yet feel ready, I encourage you to set that quit date and choose a method. Maybe it's cold turkey or it's gradually. Then we decide if you need help from a healthcare professional, nicotine replacement, or medicine. There are so many options. And also, I encourage you to decide if you need social support. Whispering here, I encourage most people get social support. We know that social support is one of the number one determining factors for us to successfully change our behaviors. Accountability and support is key. Next step. Prepare for your quit day by planning how to deal with cravings and urges. If we can anticipate them in advance and plan for what we're going to do in those moments that could easily lead to weakness and giving in, you are far more likely to be successful. And then finally, quit on your quit day. Whether you decided cold turkey or gradually, hold yourself accountable 
and have somebody else hold yourself accountable. How often do we let ourselves down? It's time we don't let ourselves down anymore and make a decision that's going to be better for us and for our long-term health. That's it for number three. Moving on to number four, and you guessed it, it's in line with my pillars of health yet again, get healthy sleep. Most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Now, I know this is my area of weakness, but it's so important. For children, did you know they require more sleep up to 10 to 16 hours for ages five and younger, including naps? And then ages 6 to 12 typically require 9 to 12 hours of sleep. And finally, ages 13 to 18, or adolescents, usually require 8 to 10 hours of sleep. This adequate and restorative good quality sleep promotes healing and improves cell repair throughout our body. It improves your immune system to prevent you from getting sick. It boosts your mood and increases your energy so you can have a better day. It also improves your brain function so you can do better at daily tasks like work and school. And, in alignment with this episode, it reduces the risk for chronic diseases. So how do you get better sleep if you're struggling? Because I know it's a struggle. Time management is one thing. I recommend setting an alarm a strict schedule for when you should start getting ready for bed. Your body has a circadian rhythm or a routine that it likes to follow. Move your device and charger far away from your bed and get that technology away before bedtime. You can even dim the lights, make a calming environment leading up to bed. Put your phone on do not disturb and set a cool temperature in your room. The more routine, the better. And to pitch another episode, I have an episode on sleep hygiene, so go ahead and check that out for more tips if you're serious about committing to getting more sleep. So those were all of the health behaviors that we have there. Again, starting with eat better, be more active, quit tobacco, and get healthy sleep. It's all of my hashtag choose health pillars, except for mental health. So we know the health behaviors. Let's move on to the health factors. Number five here, the first of the health factors. Manage your body weight. Now, I put aside caveat. Body weight is simply the pool of gravity on your body, your mass. So there are other factors. Someone who has a lot of muscle is going to weigh a lot more. So body composition is also something we must consider. But overall, managing our weight to make sure it's healthy for our body composition, our height, our size, our age, and all of those life life factors that we have. So it's important we achieve and maintain a healthy weight. And how we can do that is by reducing calories in if we need to lose weight And we can reduce our calories in by increasing the amount of fruits and veggies we have. Think about if we had a plate full of French fries, it's going to be a lot of calories, close to probably 700, versus 700 calories of green beans. You might have four or five plates right there because green beans are calorically low but nutritionally high, whereas fries are calorically very high and nutritionally, they're much lower, much less dense. That's one way to reduce our overall calories in that we eat. Then, 
also being aware of some of our other behaviors. Are we eating just out of habit? Are we eating out of stress? That's where I struggle. Or are you eating out of boredom instead of real hunger? So getting in alignment with mindful and intuitive eating. Those are ways if you need to reduce your weight or have better control over your weight, we can reduce our calories in. But we also can reduce our calories out, which means how many calories our body uses or expends each day. And essentially, that's moving our bodies more, getting more steps, doing intentional physical activity. All of those things can help. And the most effective way is not just to focus on nutrition or just movement, but instead, a combination of the two. Next up, we got number six. Control your cholesterol. This is something you would need to go ahead and get tests from your doctor to be able to determine this. But let's talk about cholesterol because not a lot of people even know what cholesterol is and what the HDL is versus the LDL. What are all these letters? So the way that I've always remembered it ever since I was in my undergraduate education and exercise science and nutrition, when we're thinking about HDL, I like to think of the H as happy. When we're happy, we think it's a good thing. And we know our HDL as our good cholesterol. On the other hand, you have LDL. And the way I remember LDL is that L in front of it stands for low. We want low levels of this because this is our bad cholesterol. So what's the real difference between the good and the bad, the HDL and the LDL respectively? Well, when we think about HDL, the reason it is good is because it keeps our LDL, the bad cholesterol, from sticking to artery walls. And arteries are, again, what carries oxygen and nutrients throughout your body. Controlling these cholesterol numbers and having higher HDL or happy good cholesterol instead of high LDLs or bad cholesterol, it can lower the risk of heart disease and stroke. So how can you control the cholesterol? Good news, again, it's not fully out of your control. There can be some genetic factors, but... What you can do is eat smart, as we talked about before, move more, no nicotine, and know your fats. This means checking labels and substituting saturated fats for unsaturated fats. Unsaturated fats are typically healthier for us and our heart health. You ready to move on to the next one? We went from cholesterol to now managing blood sugar. When we're eating food, most of the calories and the foods that we eat is turned into glucose, which is also known as blood sugar. And our bodies use this blood sugar as energy. But over time, if you have very elevated levels of blood sugar, it can damage your heart, your kidneys, your eyes, and your nerves. Now, Part of the testing that can be done is monitoring hemoglobin A1C, and that can better reflect long-term control in people with diabetes or pre-diabetes. And many people don't realize they're getting close to the pre-diabetes area, which means it's time to take action because 
we can control these things. We have the ability to take preventative actions. So how do you get your A1C tested? You can go to your doctor, or I'm going to take a second to pitch the Ball State University Healthy Lifestyle Center if you are located near Muncie, Indiana. We do free A1C testing for anyone in the community or who's a student or faculty member at Ball State. And who knows, there might even be a healthy center near you where you could also get that tested. So be sure to check that out. There are ranges that would put you in a normal healthy range, like lower than 100 mg per dl, or pre-diabetic would be 100 to 125, or diabetes mellitus, which is our type 2 diabetes we're looking at and puts you at an increased risk of heart disease or stroke, would be 126 milligrams per deciliter. That's that mg per dl or higher. So again, our goal is to manage this as best as possible. And great news, it's the same ways you can manage and control your cholesterol. We're eating smart, we're moving more, we're avoiding nicotine, all of those healthy behaviors we mentioned previously. Isn't that great? There's so much overlap. Are you ready for our final factor of life's essential eight? Our last one is managing blood pressure. To pitch the Healthy Lifestyle Center again, we also do free blood pressure screenings, and I know how to do that, so feel free to reach out. Anyways, keeping your blood pressure within an acceptable range can keep you healthier longer. We know that when we're looking at blood pressure, we have a number on top known as our systolic pressure. And that measures the pressure in your arteries when your heart beats or it contracts. Whereas the number on the bottom, that's known as your diastolic pressure. And that bottom number, the diastolic one, measures the pressure in your arteries when your heart rests between heart beats. So when we're looking at our systolic over diastolic numbers, our goal is to have levels less than 120 for the systolic, over 80, the diastolic pressure, MMHG, which is milligrams of mercury, that's going to be optimal. Again, 120 over 80. High blood pressure would be defined as 130 to 139 MMHG for that top number, or 80 to 89 MMHG for that bottom number. So how then do you manage your blood pressure? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's just about all those same things we already mentioned. Making sure you are at a healthy weight based on your needs. You're moving your body more. You're eating nutritious foods and finding balance with your nutritional intake. You're sleeping. And you're managing stress, which is where my final pillar of hashtag choose health comes in. Mental health taking care of your well-being with self-care, and making sure that you're talking to someone about your problems if you are struggling and that you have social support. And right there is the American Heart Association's Life's Essential Eight. Eight factors that can help you take back control. Let's review one last time. We have our health behaviors, which are eat better, be more active, quit tobacco, get healthy sleep. That's followed by our health factors, which are manage your weight, 
control your cholesterol, manage your blood sugar, and manage your blood pressure. Through these different areas, you can make tremendous steps forward on the right trajectory to preventing disease, living a longer and healthier life where you can move and feel better, and improving the overall quality of your life. So let's take action together so that heart disease is no longer the leading cause of death in the United States and across the globe. This is preventable, so let's take control back. Now, again, you don't have to do everything all at once. Maybe pick one area of life's essential eight to start, or one of the hashtag choose health five pillars, which are physical activity, nutrition, restorative sleep, mental health, and avoiding risky behaviors. Also, I want to pitch one last thing that can help you continue with life's essential age. Because it is the 100-year anniversary of the American Heart Association, they are offering a very special gift. This gift is in the form of a free, exclusive program titled 100 Ways in 100 Days. And this program allows you to receive an email each week, just one a week, not 100 emails, for the next 100 days, providing you with valuable health tips on eating better, moving more, and improving overall well-being so we can sustain this motivation, intention, and positive behavior to counteract heart disease and other health issues. And all you have to do is go to the show notes, click the link I have there, put in your name, email, and zip code, and bam, you are registered. I encourage you to register Again, tag me in a picture of yourself wearing red anytime throughout American Heart Month or on National Wear Red Day, February 2nd. Talk about heart health and all of these life's essential aids with others around you to spread the word because the more of us together means the more of a chance we have to knock down heart disease from that number one leading cause of death. And with that, I encourage you to hashtag choose health, sign my hashtag choose health pledge if you have not had a chance, and tune back in for another episode of the Operation Flourish podcast next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Operation Flourish podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share on your social media or with a friend. It goes a long way. See you next Thursday.